It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. 948 in the morning. Good God. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 626 of Locked On Raptors for Friday, December the 20th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got the Locked On NHL, NHL channel going as well. Sorry, we've got the NFL shows going strong. If your team is in the running for the playoffs, you should probably check into the Locked On NFL shows that are uh, previewing this weekend's games, the second last week of the season, I believe. Uh, you can also listen to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball show. Locked On Fantasy Hockey is great as well. And uh, the whole NHL network is awesome too. So no shortage of stuff on the Locked On Podcast Network to check out. Please subscribe, rate, and review all of the the shows that you want to support on your favorite podcast providers. It's very much appreciated when you go and do 
that. All right, on today's show, it's a, a somber affair as the Toronto Raptors lost three of their top seven players in one game against the cursed Detroit Pistons. And I'm beginning to sense that this win was not worth it. <laughs> it's just a, a nightmare outcome. You know, we knew, and yesterday on the podcast, we talked uh, at length about Marcus Saul and Norman Powell and their absences. And I was at least sort of a little bit optimistic about the Raptors' chances, considering they'd already survived a, you know, a portion of the season without Kyle Lowry or Serge Ibaka. And I thought, you know, what, like, yes, Marcus Gasol is essential to the defense, but I, I thought, you know, when you still have Pascal Siakam out there to make up for the losses of Powell and Gasol, and you have Ibaka back playing well, and OG Ananobi kind of hitting his stride, I thought it'd be okay. And then, of course, the news comes down last night that Pascal Siakam is also out. He went down, I believe, in the third or fourth quarter. It was the second half for sure on a, uh, a dunk attempt, and he kind of fell awkwardly. And I remember at the time seeing that play and thinking, oh, that I'm glad Pascal's not hurt there. Wrong. He's hurt. He's out indefinitely with a stretched groin, which sounds not great uh, and not awesome at all. And yeah, so now we sit here on Friday, December 20th with the Raptors uh, staring down the barrel of a pretty tough four-game stretch after this Wizards game tonight, and they are without Gasol, Powell, and Siakam for the foreseeable future. So guess what? Uh, for today's podcast, I'm going to be drinking throughout it. Uh, <laughs> it's just, just, you can't not when this kind of stuff happens, and also it's the last Friday before the holiday break, and uh, I'm saying it's okay for me to pour uh, half of my coffee mug out and fill it with whiskey. So that's where we're at right now. Let's get to it. Let's get into the things that uh, you know the Raptors are going to have to deal with here without Pascal Siakam. Well, I'm just going to take a nice sip. All right. Pascal Siakam. Out of the lineup. Not good. Not good at all. Um, it's hard for me to really even maintain my, like, it's fineness about all of it. It's it's not going to be a, a fun stretch here for the Raptors. You know, missing Gasol, or sorry, missing Gasol is going to be tough anyway, and missing Powell is going to be tough, but missing Pascal takes away such an enormous part of the offense. It takes away, as we've talked about, almost seven threes a game at a really high clip. It takes away one of the only ball handlers on the team that isn't a point guard. It takes away... You know, just a, a a guy you can throw it to to go get buckets, and we've already seen at times this year when Siakam is off that the half court offense really struggles. And now you just take him out of the equation altogether, and I can only imagine that the half court offense is going to struggle even further. And it's going to have to become really rudimentary. It's going to have to be Lowry Abaka pick and roll, Lowry Boucher pick and roll, Lowry. OG pick and roll. We saw that work a little bit early on in the season. I'd imagine we'll start to see that a little bit more. But the thing with OG is that he's one of the best shooters on the team too, which isn't saying a ton because he's not like an amazing shooter or anything. It is in the middle of a pretty bad slump, but he's really all they got right now. So that kind of takes away that option to have OG be the screener. And I just think it's going to be pick and roll, pick and roll, pick and roll. And they'll see what they can get out of it. I, I would imagine Serge Ibaka is going to become very central to what the Raptors have to do here. I would imagine Kyle Lowry is going to see a lot of defensive attention as the best offensive player on the team left. And look, the return of Fred Van Vliet will certainly help. And here's hoping he's back for the Wizards game tonight. If not, um, hopefully by Sunday against the Mavericks. And that'll be good because that'll help, you know, offset the, the ball handling burden of Lowry. And that'll help sort of, you know, spread some shooting around and stuff like that. He'll instantly become the best shooter on the team again. 
But even then, like it's just going to be really cramped. It's going to have to be very, again, rudimentary, very sim- simple, fundamental offense, and they're not going to be able to really run a lot of their stuff because so much of their stuff flows through Siakam and so much of their stuff flows through Gasol picking out cutters and stuff from the elbow, and they just don't have that source of initiation anymore. So it's going to be a lot of Lowry. And look, Lowry has been really encouraging in terms of his ability to get to the basket and his ability to you know have that first step, which kind of was missing the last couple years. He seems to have regained it a little bit this year as he's had to step into more of an offensive role than he took on in the culture reset season or last year with Kawhi. And so... I think Lowry can, you know, even with his shooting from the field being a little bit not so great of late, he's still managed to be pretty efficient because he's getting to the line like six to eight times a game. And that's been really encouraging and good. And I think he's going to have to continue that. And obviously that leads to other problems. And you're more concerned about injuries and stuff like that with Lowry playing his bowling ball style, presumably to an even more uh, terrifying extent without Siakam or Gasol or Powell in the lineup. But you know, we I think we'll see a lot of Lowry just, you know, trying to bail him out at times and, and get into the bucket and, and trying to do his damn best to find easy offense for the Raptors. You know, the Raptors aren't going to have many guys who get to the free throw line all that much. I mean, it's not like they were a great free throw team anyway. Siakam is one of the lower free throw rate, high usage players in the league. And, you know, it's just they've not been getting that easy offense to the same extent that they did when they had Kawhi or DeMar on the team. But Lowry's done a pretty good job of filling that in. I would hope that OG as he's kind of rounded into form here of late as a guy who can sort of attack off the catch and drive. Maybe he can start to absorb a little bit more contact. We saw a couple and ones from him over the last couple games here, in particular that post up that he had that he uh, just completely bowled over whichever poor piston was trying to guard him. And, you know, you've got Terrence Davis who can get to the basket a little bit, and he's been really encouraging in small doses as a, as a penetrator and a finisher around the basket. So maybe we get to see him get get on the, the sort of scene a little bit more as one of their, their penetrators. Fred's never been a great finisher around the rim, and, you know, he's probably better off off the ball, you know, just chucking up threes at this point as the best spacer on the team. And, I, again, I just – it's going to be tough. It's going to be – really ugly offensively so what the Raptors are going to have to do here is just win with defense and just be frantic and desperate the way they were when they were missing both Lowry and Serge just to an even greater extent and that brings in the the bench trio of of Davis, Rondé, and Chris Boucher. I'm not sure if one of them might start. It's kind of hard to say, right? Because you know, those guys probably are the next tier of talented player on the team who should be worthy of a start. But at the same time, is it easier when you get Fred back to just go like Lowry, Fred, McCaw, OG, Abaka and go super small and just hope you can hang on the glass just enough? Or do you go with like a Ronde at the four next to Abaka? That pairing has not been particularly good so far. But if you have like a Lowry, Fred, OG, Ronde, Abaka starting five, maybe that can get by in the glass a little bit. You can make a little bit back on the offensive glass because Abaka and Ronde are both pretty good there and so maybe that's the route but either way whoever ends up starting whether it's maybe Terrence Davis at the three whether it's Ronde at the four whether it's uh, I don't think Boucher is probably going to start although the Boucher-Abaka pairing has been pretty good so maybe you see you know Lowry, Fred, OG, Boucher, Abaka and they just ride with insane defense and and rim protection and maybe that's the way they go Um, But those three guys are going to be key here. And, you know, you would hope that you could play them together a bunch too and maybe get like a Lowry with those three and someone else in there to be sort of your your anchors with the bench. And I I would imagine 
the staggering of Lowry and Fred is going to have to be even more pronounced once Fred comes back just because you you have to have one of those guys on the floor at this point. There's no more of the Pascal and bench lineups. You have to have one of Lowry or Fred on the floor at all times. Otherwise, things are going to disintegrate very quickly. And so all of these are just like haphazard sort of piecemeal ways of putting together lineups. I think they can salvage a few pretty good looks out of it all. But even then, the numbers aren't terribly exciting for a lot of these combinations of players. And we will get into some of the kind of startling numbers about the Raptors lineups that now exist, uh, <laughs> which have not really existed before, uh, with these three guys going down in just a second. But first, let me tell you about Casper. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash LOCKEDNBA, L-O-C-K-E-D-N-B-A, at checkout. Terms and conditions apply, and if you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers that's locked on podcast.com slash offers what better way to sleep away the siakam gasol and powell days of the raptors than by curling up in the fetal position in a casper mattress this lockdown podcast is brought to you by home chef now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down how are your resolutions coming one of mine was to order less takeout cook more at home but i'll be honest i haven't been consistent that is until i found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Blah. All right, let's go. keep going here. Uh, the lineups. There's not much to speak of in terms of like lineup data for the guys who are here, especially five-man lineups. So here's the most amazing stat that I've come across in my research of uh, what the hell the Raptors are going to do now. The Raptors' most used lineup that doesn't include one of Siakam, Gasol, or Norm has played exactly eight minutes together. It features, I believe, Lowry with the three bench guys and Ibaka. Eight minutes. Not much. That's obviously a lineup that will be at their disposal now, but eight minutes does not a sample size make. And the second most used one for the Raptors played seven minutes together and features Stanley Johnson. So, yeah, kind of starting from scratch here when it comes to lineup combinations. In terms of some, you know, smaller three- and four-man combos, the Larry Abaka OG three-man group has been not very good. 110 minutes together, a minus 9.9. Kind of any time you throw Abaka into one of these groups, it's not very good. And I think there's a lot of noise in there because he was pretty bad after he returned there for a couple weeks and they were getting killed when the bench was out there. And so that might be part of it. But, you know, I guess it makes sense a little bit that the Larry Abaka OG combo doesn't make a ton of sense. You know, it's, if they're playing the 4-5 together in particular, which I guess hasn't been the case much this season. But 
you know, that's going to be a tough rebounding situation for the Raptors for sure. They're going to give a lot of offensive boards there. And, you know, it's not like it's great shooting. Abaka is happy to shoot, but he's more of an 18-foot guy as opposed to a three-point shooter. So the spacing is not quite as wide when he's on the floor. And then OG just is kind of up and down from downtown. So I'm not surprised there. But, yeah, I think, you know, the most popular play we're likely to see over the next little while here is Lowry, Ibaka, pick and roll. Ibaka catches it on the roll and tries to find OG in the corner the way he did for that Siakam three in the second half uh, before everything got terrible on Wednesday against the Pistons. If Ibaka can make those passes on the run or sort of hit a cutting OG, you know, they run that play a lot as well where OG will cut from the corner and, you know, the the roller will try to find him on the baseline. You know, I think we'll see a lot of that as well. Um, there's, There's a enough to work with with those three and OG's actually kind of made some strides playmaking he threw some like pretty idiotic passes in transition in the uh, game against the Pistons but he also had some nice half court passes and, and you know found guys cutting and you know passed out of the post a couple times and looked pretty adept doing it so you know this is going to be a quick acceleration for OG and I think he's going to become like the two or the three on the team in terms of like pecking order and there's going to certainly be some lumps there but there's also some potential for some fun to see OG kind of expand his role a little bit and in the long term this might end up being a pretty good thing for OG as he gets to sort of flex his muscles his very very ample and shiny muscles uh as as a more of a an integral part of the offense and again growing pains are sure to be in line for OG but I still think it's uh, it's going to be a fun learning experience to at least see what he does with more of a burden. I would imagine he's going to play 30-plus minutes every night, probably closer to like 37, 38, probably close to Siakam-like minutes, minutes, and you know we'll see if he holds up, but I, I, I look forward to seeing how that works. In terms of other groups, you have the Lowry, Fred, Abaka, OG four-man group, which I would imagine once Fred's back is going to be the most common four guys in the starting five and then throw some other guy in there. Uh, that unit in 36 minutes, so a small sample, is minus 31. 1.3. So again, the Ibaka, you know, existence is not really great right now in any of these groups. The Lowry Fred OG group, though, in 232 minutes is a plus 5.8. So that's a pretty good starting point for those three. And I do think those starting lineups are going to be able to get by just fine. You know, the schedule is not easy per se, but a lot of the most difficult games over the next stretch here are clustered together next week, and you know, that's going to take some time to get used to, obviously. The Dallas game, at least, there's no Luka, and you're kind of getting lucky there. Indiana's going to be really tough. They're going to be extremely overmatched in terms of size. I think Demonis Sabonis is probably going to punk everybody in that game. That's a problem, but then Boston, I mean, yeah, there's, there's not a lot of wing depth on the Raptors right now. There's not a lot of just depth period with the Raptors to sort of hang up, hang against the Celtics, but the Celtics aren't terribly deep either, so I think it could be something close to a wash-ish if you get those, you know, four-man groups up against each other, um, then whoever the center is for the, for the Celtics, you throw him in there too, but um, yeah, it, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really rough, and any wins they do pick up in the coming weeks here are going to have to come really, really ugly. There's no other way to say it. There's just so much of a vacuum for touches with Siakam not there. It's like 29% of touches or possessions are ending with him on every every time he's on the floor. Like his usage is ridiculous, and 
it's not easy to fill that in, and you're not going to fill that in with insane efficiency. Although, you know, if there's a silver lining, I guess it's that Siakam's efficiency has been down this year. So maybe if you can cobble together some Fred nice three-point shooting and some OG around the basket and some Lowry three-point shooting and around the basket and free throws, like maybe you can cobble together something similar in terms of true shooting percentage for those 29% of possessions, if that makes any sense math-wise. Like, I, I think there's efficiency to be found here it's just going to be harder for all these guys to have that efficiency because there is no pascal to draw all the attention to open things up for everybody else so again it's going to have to be ugly it's going to have to be defense focused they're going to have to put a real premium on getting out on the run and you know taking advantage anytime there's not a set defense because i can't really envision this team being able to carve open a half-court defense super well. Like, I think teams are going to switch pretty liberally and just throw their bigger wings onto uh, onto Lowry and, and hope that he can't, you know, cook them and, and sort of try to, I guess, coerce him away from driving to the basket and stuff like that. Um, and it's just, it's going to be tough it's tough sledding here. There's no nice way to put it. The, the numbers for all these guys together are not terribly encouraging. The spacing, just the way the geometry of the floor is going to line out. Like you're, there's kind of always going to be one not-so-good shooter on the floor at this point, unless when Matt Thomas gets back, which he's listed for listed out for tonight against Washington, but you know he's exactly been four months since his... Uh, sorry, four weeks since his broken finger, and he was in the Nutcracker last night, so that's good. Uh, but just a note on the Nutcracker with Kyle Lowry and Matt Thomas. Beautiful stuff. Kyle Lowry is a treasure. Uh, Matt Thomas is great, and uh, I can think of no better person to operate a cannon than Mr. 99.8% himself, Matt Thomas. So shout out to them. Uh, They look like they had a blast and really sort of brought some joy to Raptors Internet last night as uh, things were melting down. Uh, Give me a sec. (sighs) 9.48 in the morning, good God. Uh, So, the uh, other notes on this, are there other notes we can get to with sort of what it's going to look like? It's going to be rough. They're going to have to crash the glass offensively to try to gain extra possessions to you know, boost up what is sure to be a pretty rough half-court offense. They're going to have to do the thing they did against the Lakers and just sort of crash the defensive glass as well and sort of crash the rim and just get as many arms and thickets in the way of driving offensive players as they possibly can. Like, it's going to be rough, man. You're missing your defensive anchor. You're missing one of your best free safety defenders. You're missing one of your most efficient shooters and just efficient sort of secondary options and norm. It's all going to be very rough. But I do think there are some Reasons to be excited, not excited per se, not like a good kind of excited, but like a silver linings-y type of way to look at it. I, I do think there there is one that exists, and I'm going to get to that to finish off the podcast so we don't end the week on a massive downer. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about Breaking Tea. If you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn, and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. Lots of Raptor stuff on there. Lots of Blue Jay stuff with Vlad and Bo and all those lovely players who we love so much. There's lots of TFC, Leafs all that great stuff at breakingtea.com slash locked on. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, let's try to uh, cheer everybody up here and inject a little bit of it's fine energy into things uh, as we uh, gear up for what is sure to be a few weeks here without Siakam Gasol. And Powell, I mean, first off, we get to watch Kyle Lowry put together another fuck you stretch, potentially. That's always cool. I remember back to the 2014-15 season, and look, that season ended horribly against the Wizards, but in the regular season, it was a blast, and it all kind of coalesced, and the peak of that year was when DeMar got hurt uh, against the Mavs, I think in late November, like November 27th. Actually, it was the same day the Blue Jays traded for Josh Donaldson. I remember this very specifically, because I got like back-to-back notifications on my phone that it was Josh Donaldson traded for and DeMar DeRozan out, and that was a very confusing emotional day. But, you know, from there, like, Kyle Lowry was fucking incredible over that stretch. He was unbelievable, and... It was one of the best stretches of basketball he's ever played, and we might get to see that again from Lowry. We've seen a lot of that energy from him so far this season. Outside of the few games after he got back from injury, he has been outstanding, and he's been a lot more aggressive. He's been a lot more of sort of an alpha, and I frankly relish the opportunity to watch Kyle do this one more time, potentially. Or he might have a couple more stretches like this in him, but there, every time he gets the opportunity to do this, you know, there might never be that again, considering his age and um, just sort of the progression of point guards. You, you don't know when it's going to kind of go off the cliff, and I think he's got at least one more stretch of carrying the team left in him, and that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So excited for that. He was doing his stretches, ballet stretches ahead of the Nutcracker last night. His groin is stretched up and ready to go and limber. I uh, I look forward to uh, watching Kyle sort of try to put this team on his back a little bit, even if maybe it comes at his expense. I, I hope he doesn't get hurt during this stretch. I, I, You know, he might, but there's enough time here that I think whatever he does here, he can probably recover from near the end of the season. I don't think the minutes concerns are going away anytime soon, just considering he's going to have to play a ton for the Raptors to even be competitive in a lot of these games. But, um, you know, that's a problem for future Raptors fans. Let's just enjoy the Kyle Lowry show right now, because, again, we don't know how much longer it's going to last and uh, soak it all up for everything it's worth while it's in front of you. OG also, I think, is going to be, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be in line for probably the most to gain from all of this. I think he's going to just kind of be thrust into having to take on an offensive burden he's never even really had to entertain. And again, there are going to be times where that doesn't go so well, and he has too many Tasmanian devil, devil drives, and he has you know weird passes that go astray, and he you know bricks threes because he has a weird follow-through going right now. But... I also think there's going to be a lot of really enjoyable things from OG. We saw against the Pistons. I mean, his off-the-bounce game is getting so much better. His drives are so hard to guard because he's so goddamn strong. And staying in front of him just seems like it hurts the chest more than anything. And so I look forward to seeing OG flex those muscles a little bit more. And I really think of all of the players who we might change our impressions of, 
over this next little stretch here, I think OG stands to gain the most for sure in the eyes of Raptors fans and eyes of general NBA fans. I, I think this could be a really fun, interesting stretch for OG as he's tasked with something he's never really been tasked with before. Uh, also, I just, you know, I, I want to sort of nip this in the bud because I'm sure this is going to be a topic of conversation for the windhorsts of the world. Um, any sort of blood in the water that makes possible trades more likely, all the, the people who thrive on the transaction industrial complex are going to jump on and be very excited about. I don't think this means the Raptors are going to stray from the course that seems to be forming for this season, where I, I, I just don't see this being the reason they sell off pieces. They're 19-8 and eight right now. Say Siakam misses 10 games. They're not going to lose every one of those games. Like, And once Siakam gets back, it becomes a little bit easier, even with Gasol and Powell out, who, I, I don't know, 15, 20 games for those guys, I have no idea. Um, I would think probably around 20 for Norm, considering it's, I think, the same injury that he had last year, the subluxation of the shoulder. Um, so that's not great, obviously, but even if Siakam misses 10 games, and from reports, Michael Grange said last night that Siakam's injury seems to be the least serious of the bunch here. Maybe he misses fewer than 10 games we're not really sure I think it's just kind of they want to take it easy because groins are tricky right I mean Stanley Johnson has had a groin injury for like a month and we haven't even heard any whispers of when he might be back and so let's like throw it at 10 to 12 games for Siakam even if they lose every single one of those games they're not going to fall any lower than like seventh or eighth in the Eastern Conference the East is bad beyond I guess you could say the Nets at seven but I don't think the Nets are that good either and so there's a bit of a cushion here they've banked enough wins during a difficult portion of the schedule that they should be able to tread water if not just be like slightly submerged right below the surface and then they've proven already that they're good enough that it should be worth seeing what the team can do in the playoffs anyway you know even if they're the sixth seed I don't think anyone's, you know, going to pick against the Raptors or I think the Raptors are totally overmatched against whatever three seed they come across, whether it's the the Heat or the Celtics or the Pacers or whoever it is. Outside of the Sixers being the three seed, I really don't think any of those matchups is insurmountable for the Raptors. And I think, like, no team would want to play the Raptors either if you're the three seed. So, yes, they're, they're probably going to be in tough to finish with, like, the two seed in the Eastern Conference and have the easiest path to a potential conference finals. But I don't think this is any sort of death knell, and if they end up in the sixth seed, you avoid that one, four, five bracket, and maybe you avoid the Bucks in the second round. That not really, that's not really a terrible thing. Um, and so, I don't think this is going to again derail the plan for this season. I think Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster have already seen how good this team can be at, you know, pretty much 80% health all season long as in aggregate probably is kind of where they've settled in. They've missed a ton of man games to injury already and they're still 19 and 8 and are still, I think, third in defense and just on the outside of the top 10 in offense. All of the signs point to this being a team that can make some noise in the playoffs and I think the value of going into a playoff run and getting Pascal and OG and Fred another shot at it in sort of different roles for even just two rounds, I think is super valuable, more so than trading off your expiring guys for, you know, low first round picks or second round picks or whatever it's going to be. I just think the value of keeping Gasol, Ibaka, and Lowry around is much more uh, than you're ever going to get with one of those low end picks, especially since the Raptors have their own pick this year. Um, So that's kind of where I'm at on that. I don't think this is going to, you know, trigger any sort of sale. And also, like, keep in mind, they went 9-2 and two without Lowry and Ibaka. Lowry is maybe not their best player anymore. That probably is Siakam, but he is still the straw that stirs the drink. He's still the most important player in many regards, and they were still 9-2 and two without him. And so, 
look, this is going to be more difficult, I think, because Gasol is significantly more important than Ibaka is this season, and Siakam obviously carries such an offensive burden, and the offense is going to be awful, probably. But if they go 500 or so in the games without Pascal, which I think is reasonable to, to sort of anticipate, you know, again, it's not a terribly tough schedule. They've got, like, the Nets and the Cavs, and as good as the Thunder have been, I think the Thunder are not, like, this world-beating team or anything like that. And then they've got, like, you know, it's not a terribly difficult schedule. They, they're more home than away. It's about a 480 win percentage as per Blake Murphy in his piece today, breaking down all of the ramifications of the injuries. There should be a stretch that the Raptors can tread some water in. And even if it's 20 games without Powell, Gasol, and Siakam, and they go, I don't know, 8-12, and 7-13, and 6-14, and 14, you're still looking at a team that is above 500. You're still looking at a team that is going to be in that six-seed range and can make some noise. And, and so, in the worst case scenario, I still don't think this team falls far enough to trigger a rebuild. The team, teams that are good don't trigger rebuilds, and the Raptors have proven that the value of winning games is important to them, and the just like the constant relevance is important. And triggering triggering some sort of like tank to the bottom, which they're not going to tank to the bottom. They're not missing these guys for the rest of the season. This isn't a warrior situation where they can go suck ass for you know four straight months and then end up with a really good pick. I mean, they already have 19 wins. They probably already have more wins than like three or four teams are going to get all season. And so the tanking is not really an option. I saw a couple of people throwing that out there yesterday. The, they're they're going to be fine. As much as the, the team is going to be in tough for the next few weeks here, it's still just December. It's still, you know, there's plenty of time, plenty of runway here. They should have at least two and a half, three months once they get everybody back, ideally. I mean, every time they get someone back, someone else goes down or three people go down. But in theory, they should have a pretty good runway to sort of get back up to speed once they get these guys back and get rolling into the postseason and still fight for seeding. Again, the two seeds probably out of the window right now, but there's no reason they can't still be in that, you know, three, four, five, six range. And they, hey, look, look, man. Betting against the Raptors seems like a bad idea. It's always been a bad idea. I don't know if there's a team in the league that's been more prone to overshooting expectations, whether for segments of a season or for an entire season or whatever, over the last five or six years. They they continually find ways to do it, and Nick Nurse is janky and weird enough that I think they can find some ways to squeak out some wins here. It's going to be tough, but it's not like the death knell of the season or anything like that. If more guys go down, then yeah, we'll we'll revisit that conversation. But for now, I think, you know, the Lowry, Fred, OG, Ibaka, you know, foursome, it's better than a lot of teams have in the Eastern Conference in particular, better than a lot of the worst teams in the West have too. I mean, it, the, it's not like the West is some murderer's row anymore either. It's like six good teams and a bunch of blah. And so uh, the Raptors fit somewhere into the soft middle now. Without those guys, I mean, they were probably a top tier team, you know, top seven or eight team in the league. Before all these injuries, and now they're probably somewhere in the you know the the you know the twelve to seventeen range. That's enough to skate by for a little while here, and uh, you know maybe that's me leaning too hard into the it's fine thing. But like the reason I have the it's fine philosophy about things is because the Raptors for a very long time have been fine and have not given me a whole lot of reason to doubt or to you know question whether or not they can pull something off. And so I'm gonna wait till I see it. It's kind of getting to be like a Spurs type of thing, right? Where it's like, well, I'll doubt them when they give me indisputable evidence that they should be doubted. 
And so that's where I'm at on this. And I think that's probably a good place to leave it for today. Uh, we're going to do a podcast on Saturday. Myself and Katie Heindel are going to do a fun one. Serge Ibaka is just like a, an internet video superstar at this point. He's got uh, obviously a new How Hungry Are You that we missed a couple weeks back that we're going to get to. And then uh, he did a, a video with Fred Van Vliet and went shopping with him. So we're going to talk about that too. Maybe talk a little Nutcracker. It's going to be fun with Katie. We'll have a fun Saturday episode to brighten your day as uh, you prepare for your holiday travel and stuff like that. And then next week, just a heads up, probably only a couple podcasts. Like Monday, I might do something to like tee up the Celtics games. And then Friday might end up being when I return. It's just you know family stuff and travel and stuff like that. And it's the holidays, so I'm going to take some time to enjoy myself. Um, but so yeah, probably two podcasts next week. So just keep an eye out for those Monday, Friday, most likely. I'm not doing an episode about the Christmas game, at least not on Christmas. We'll talk about it afterwards. But, um, I, you know, it's... I'm not working Christmas. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I'm not. Uh, but that's going to do it. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. Please subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's very much appreciated when you do that for both this show and all of the other Locked On offerings. Uh, you can also buy We The Champs if you have yet to purchase it. If you're out last minute Christmas shopping, it is a great way to stay under your office secret Santa limit, stay under your family secret Santa limit to give the Raptors fan in your life something to sort of remember the title by. Very much appreciated if you pick that up. And, uh, hope you find it. It would be great uh, to see those on coffee tables nationwide, ideally. That'd be pretty cool. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you on Saturday with a special edition of Locked on Raptors with Katie Heindel. Until then, enjoy the game against the Wizards tonight, and uh, shouts to drinking in the morning. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.